Today on the show, I talk about a major struggle that we have been moving through since we moved from Aruba to Sweden, and that is Leia's schooling. I talk about my anxiety around taking her out of an amazing school to move her across the world, hoping things would be smooth and seamless, and actually having that experience turn out being very, very hard. I talk a little bit about the differences between a Waldorf and a Montessori-style school and share my own experience of following my intuition and really trusting my gut to be brave enough to make a change when things didn't work out. It's a good episode, I think, especially if you're a parent or if you are moving through any kind of life transition right now. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hello, 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 my darlings, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the show. I am sitting here feeling a little bit contemplative right now. I actually did the thing that I, this thing that I do sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes I do, where I sit down and I record a whole entire episode of the show. (laughs) I just did that, literally, just now. And at the end, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not feeling it. (laughs) I don't know. It's really rare. But it just sometimes happens that I record a whole hour episode and then there's something about something about the energy inside of inside of myself when I'm done recording that just felt like, was that the closest to truth that you could go, that you that you could be in this moment? Was that really it? And probably, probably not, actually. I spoke for a little bit. Actually, I, I <laughs> maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm gonna end up recording the same kind of episode, but with a different vibe. I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. I just try to really be very intuitive about what I do these days. And um, let's let's see where, where let's see where this exact moment takes us. I think what we really need, I have a feeling, is a moment to ground. Yeah. Hmm. Let's let's do that. 
So wherever you are, whatever you have going on, we're not going to spend too long doing this, but see if you can, you know, uncross your legs a little bit, find a more comfortable seat. See if there's something in your body that is feeling a little bit tense in this moment. If there's something in your body that feels a little bit stagnant or stuck, anything you want to breathe some extra space into, go ahead and do that right now. And then if you want to make a deeper connection to yourself in this moment, find a place to place your hands somewhere on your body to let your hands rest. I immediately went to my belly right now. For you, maybe your hands want to ground onto the top of the thighs or rest on top of your heart, but make a connection to your physical body. You can even give yourself a little squeeze using the palms of your hands. And if it feels good to you, close your eyes. And let's take some deep, slow breaths, just the way we are. Hmm. You can let your next breath in grow all the way down to the very bottom of the belly. And as you exhale, actively let your body soften. So you're breathing in to the deep, deep, deep belly. And breathing out softly, letting something go. And take a few moments just like this. Long inhales. Long exhales. And as you start to really slow things down right now, notice if your body has been trying to tell you something lately. Just with your hands to your body the way they are in this moment, what's your body looking to tell you? You know, our body speaks to us all the time. And it's kind of rare how, how seldom, or you know, how we don't come to this place of actually listening as often as we probably should. So how is your body speaking to you right now or lately? The body can speak to us through pain. Are you experiencing any physical pain in your body right now? Are you dealing with something tight? Are you dealing with some issues, an injury, something going on? Mm, just take a few breaths there and notice. The body also speaks to us through sensation. Can you feel a part of the body just a little more awake or alive or some energy presence somewhere specific? Are you feeling a sense of tiredness in your body? What's your energy level right now? Just notice. Do you have any particularly big emotion present in your body right now? Just notice. And without needing to find a specific answer at all, just give yourself a moment right here to connect. It's just you present with this 
beautiful body of yours, listening, listening. Hmm. Let's see if we can allow for our next breath to be even deeper than the deepest breath you've taken so far for this practice. So just a long, full inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth and let something go. Hmm. You can stay here, hands to your body, throughout this entire podcast if you like. You can keep your eyes closed if that feels good. Hmm. I'm really in this contemplative space. As I'm here holding my hands to my own body, I just... Hmm. I can sense a bit of tiredness in my body right now, but not the kind of tiredness that I feel sometimes that makes me feel sluggish or lazy or actually the kind of tiredness that I feel from having spent almost the whole day in the garden. It's windy and sunny outside and I, I just worked. <laughs> doesn't feel like work, but that kind of just gentle physical labor of moving soil. <laughs> That's what I did today and I've been squatting close to the earth, planting seeds, replanting and rehoming plants and yeah, installing this crazy netting at the bottom of new garden beds together with Dennis, something that we're doing to keep field mice and gophers away. It's funny huh? how we spent how we spent our day together, but even as I'm sitting here now, I can sense this Hmm. I can sense this vulnerability present in my body. I can. And I think I'm getting really close to actually just sitting here now. Why I why I rec just recorded a whole podcast that didn't feel good. So I, the show I just recorded that no one will ever hear. <laughs> I spoke about a topic that's really important to me. But I spoke about it from this place of, of a bit of drama. Or I, not drama, but I spoke about it from this sense of surface, here is what was happening. Here is what has happened, what was going on. And I didn't actually go deep enough beneath the surface where there is real emotion present around this, this story or around this thing. And it just became really obvious at the end of that show. It was kind of like anyone here in, in therapy, like if you go to therapy, raise your hand. I hope a bunch of you are raising your hands. Therapy is the best. <laughs> but if you've ever had the experience of having a, a session with your psychologist or therapist, but you kind of danced around the subject and you didn't go to the heart of the thing. And then the session's over and you're like, man, I missed out. You know, it was hard to get to that heart of the topic and sometimes we're not brave enough. Sometimes we're not feeling safe. Sometimes we're not in that vulnerable space. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes we're just like a little lazy. Sometimes whatever. We don't tell the truth about how we're feeling. But then afterwards, it's like, oh, I missed that opportunity. 
you know, it's happened to me a couple of times where I've had something that felt kind of pressing and urgent, but then I end up skirting around it a bit. And I talk about other things that were also important, but then at the end, then I hang up with my therapist. I'm like, oh man, I should have just like said this thing that's been going on or, you know, the thing, I, whatever, whatever it was. So that was the feeling I had. <laughs> that was the feeling I had recording that podcast because you are all my therapists. Okay. I just, I just, just want, want that to be very clear. This is definitely some kind of therapy. Okay. For all of us, something therapeutic happens here on this show <laughs> because yeah, I finished recording and I'm like, oh, I, I just spent an hour talking, but I didn't get to the core of, of what was happening. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OSEAMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So what I was sharing, and I guess I'll, I'll approach this from a different place, is a bit of the, the struggles that we have had since we moved to Sweden with Leia finding her place. And this is a, this is a big thing, you know, I mean, anyone out there who's a parent moving through anything transitional with your child is a big thing. Kind of putting your kid through a life change, which of course we not, no, no one does unless we are forced to, or unless we actually believe it's a change for the better right? We don't just uproot our children for no reason. Like that doesn't happen. There's always, it's either something out of our control and we're doing the best we can to survive it. Or it's okay, there's something even better over here, right? There's something that's gonna, it's gonna be good once we've settled after that change. But the change is always hard. Change is always hard. And I, I spoke about this a lot during our move. I had a lot of anxiety around, is this the right thing for Leia? You know, is this the right thing for Leia? And I felt kind of intuitively that, that long-term, 100% yes. Like I just knew in my bones, long-term, yes. But short-term, maybe not. She was in Aruba in an amazing school. Absolutely amazing. A Montessori school owned and run by a dear friend of ours. 
that Dennis has known since he was like 16 or something crazy. And it's just one of those places that I now have realized are really hard to find and really rare where someone's so present in what they have created that there's this just loving presence in that creation and you feel it in every inch of that school. You feel it in every corner of the garden. You feel it in how how the space is so intentionally and mindfully set up. You see it in the little details and the little, um, the beauty of the little like mundane everyday things, you know, that school just had so much loving presence in it. So it wasn't about like the most fancy, expensive materials or something being upscale or nothing like that. Literally just about the dedication and presence there. And I think that's probably challenging to find in the same way in a public school. And we knew already, you know, of course, if you have someone actually taking ownership of a space like that from A to Z, and it's their own creation and their own livelihood, of course, you're going to have a different experience than you will with whatever funds the government decide to give to a certain area for something. So this is so different, of course, depending on which where you go and which country you you end up in. But our experience of coming to Sweden, which I thought would be, oh, we're going to have such a an abundance of schools to choose from, and it's all going to be pretty much free. You know, in Aruba, we had to pay for schooling. There was no, no you know, way around that. And I'm like, we're going to Sweden, and we're not going to go bankrupt putting her in school anymore you know we're gonna actually because Sweden the government supports everybody and it's such a supportive place and taxes are crazy high for a reason because it all goes into education and all this kind of stuff but then when we came here and we started looking at preschools none of them were great right none of them were even at the like 50% mark of the school that she was in in Aruba and I had so much anxiety about that then because I really felt like, okay, she's in a great place now and she has a year and a half left in the school, yet I'm taking her out of this amazing place now to put her somewhere in Sweden that isn't going to be as great, you know. And it was, there was no way around that, you know, because of course we weren't going <laughs> to, it just didn't make sense. You know, we had to move at the time that the universe presented us with no place to live, you know, and Sweden was calling in such a major way. So I knew it was the right thing to do. But the thing that felt very unsteady was the schooling piece. And then we ended up fi finding a place. What we wanted to do is was to keep her in a Montessori, but there was a Montessori around that we weren't able to visit. And because of COVID, they just had regulations in place and no one was allowed to visit. And I didn't feel good putting her in line for a school that we had never seen, where we had never spoken to anybody, where we just had no idea. Just because it's Montessori does not at all. You know, something I really realized throughout this process is it has so little to do with the physical space and just everything to do with whoever is there. You know, the presence and dedication of the people there, the energy of the people who are actually going to be interacting with your kid. Like that's the thing that matters, literally. And everywhere we went, when we went to visit places, there was always a huge flaw. Like every place had something that we went, oh my God, no. You know, whether it was the fact that there was no outdoor space. We went to two preschools that had no space outside. 
So they're just indoors the whole day, which was a huge no-no for us. We went to some places that just didn't feel good teacher-wise. We went to a place where they had a weird curriculum. It's just a structure in the day that we thought was totally off. We went to a place where they had like punishments for kids who didn't listen. We, we just saw a bunch of stuff. We saw a place where the teachers were really sweet, but the location was awful. And it was like fluorescent lighting and hospital feel on the inside. We just... So we, we felt really discouraged in the end. Oh my God, we're not going to find a place that's this, that's, that's what we want. So we're going to have to compromise on something. So at the end of our stay in Sweden, before we went back to Aruba to pack up our lives, right? Our bar was kind of low. I'm realizing that now because we saw so many places that were so clearly not right. And also I realized, I think I had kind of romanticized this idea of of the Swedish educational system, you know, just because it was one way when I went to school or when I went to preschool doesn't mean it's the same now, right? Obviously, but I just had this idea of, of it's going to be something, you know. And then we knew always in Aruba that the school, of course, it was a she went to a private preschool, which is why it was so great. Not everyone has that privilege. And if she, after that school, she would have had to go to a place that we would not be okay with, you know. There was not a single option after that school that we felt either of us was an option. So we kind of knew, like eventually when she's seven and real school, you know, real quote unquote begins, we're going to have to go somewhere because there's no option there. That's just, that that works at all. So we had kind of, you know, already we were thinking, oh, maybe it's Sweden, maybe it's somewhere else. But then we got to Sweden and there weren't, there weren't that many good options, right? So anyway, I'm sharing this to kind of share let you know where I was at in my mindset around the urgency of her finding something that wasn't bad right I mean that feeling so finally we ended up at a place that was a Waldorf school and I did so much research and honestly even thinking about it today I really align with the Waldorf philosophy you know it's like a very particular kind of school it's very nature-based everything is organic the kids spend so much time outside, they're growing their own foods and plants, and they're using plant dyes to dye their own fabrics and paper, and it's all very arts and craftsy, and it's all about each child's individual freedom and imaginative play, and everything I read about the Waldorf philosophy, I deeply resonate with. Like everything they use inside the classroom, everything is non-toxic. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be even better than Montessori. So I think I was so quick to pull the trigger on this Waldorf place that we ended up finding because in my head, I was like, this is what's going to align even more. It's going to be even better. Oh my God, great. And we visited and it was so cozy and so cute. And we got to meet one teacher and the principal and we liked them both. They seemed very present. I just had a really good feeling. And after having seen all these kind of bad places, we were so relieved, right? We were like, okay, this isn't a 10 out of 10, but it's not a shit show, right? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Wonderful, you know. And they had a lot of teachers and a small group and it was just, it felt like really, really good. But what I didn't think about, which is something that I really was beating myself up after, after we moved here, is the impact the Montessori style of structure really had on Leia, having spent so many years only knowing that kind of structure in a day. So if you don't know anything about Montessori schooling, it's very particular, you know, how the classrooms work. So in Montessori, you have these little workstations all around the classroom. 
They only use natural materials and everything is made out of wood. Everything is accessible and reachable for the kids. So the bathrooms and toilets are always like little kid versions of everything. They never have to ask a grown-up for help around practical things. Like it's very Montessori for everything to be at the child's level. I mean, it's really, really beautiful. And the cool thing about it is that wherever you go in the world, they use the same materials, right? So everything is really recognizable. It's, it's You'll see the same things repeated in every Montessori classroom all across the world. And then they have these little tables, little kid tables with stations where they have different areas of work. And some of it is very practical work. It could be like around cleaning or doing practical housework or it's numbers work or it's letters work or it's, you know, they're learning about flags and geography, but they have a very like systematic way of going about it and how you grow in your learning. But it's all led by the child. Like the child will decide what they want to do at any given moment of the day. What do they want to work with? What feels exciting? Are they done with this? Then they're done with that. Or they want to pick this up, they pick that up. You know, it's very specific. And Waldorf is kind of the opposite of that, at least for the first seven years of a child's life. So the Waldorf philosophy, and I get this, and of course I'm sharing this, this is just me from my own very humble understanding. I'm not a, you know, I was a scholar or expert in any of these two forms of education. I just have had my own experience. But as far as I understand is the Waldorf philosophy, there is no structured learning before they're seven years old. There's no academic kind of influence of any kind before they are seven, which I actually really, I, I read about that and I was like, this makes so much sense. So before the age of seven, the focus is on imaginative play and the child's imagination and them getting to be children for as long as possible and having the free expression to, to imagine and be creative and play, but from this very playful place. So it's not a very structured day in that sense. You know, Waldorf, it's it's very much, or at least what I read, is like it's music and it's singing and it's acting and playing dress up and storytelling. And it's like all of these things. And I and I always thought, okay, Leia so loves the work that she does in Montessori school. I mean, she loves, loves, loves. And she was already, uh, you know, three, four years old. She's writing letters and putting words together. Like I felt like she has that so naturally. And I feel I have no inclination of wanting to push her, like to learn this specific thing faster or at all. I just want her to go at her own pace and do things that bring her joy. I mean, she's a child. So I thought, well, since this like numbers and letters and reading and writing and all of this, this kind of stuff comes so easy to her. And she seems to like, that's just a breeze for her in school, in Montessori school. So maybe what she needs is more of this. Maybe it's going to really serve her well to have a playful, imaginative space where she can just be free. I just, I, I, I think I was kind of talking myself into this idea, you know. So it all on paper and in my head sounded very good. And Dennis was really doubtful. He said, okay, well, she's known this structure and now we're taking her out of that to something else. And I was like, but it's going to be even better. It's even more in alignment with our family philosophy about nature and non-toxic living, like all the organic stuff for me were kind of big sellers for, for Waldorf. And then what happened and I've what I think happened, like if I really look back at our, our the past six months that we've spent in Sweden, is we had the worst timing. Like we really ended up at this school in in a, in the worst possible time. 
I really think so. I don't think there's anything majorly big that's wrong with that school. I just think we were deeply, deeply, deeply unlucky. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So what happened was, is this teacher that was kind of guiding us in the beginning, the one teacher that we got to know... The f- after the first week of Leah going to this new school, she disappeared and never came back. And no one sat us down to tell us that at all. So she had an injury, something had happened, and she, she went on sick leave immediately. After just a few days of Leah being there, she went on sick leave. And she was the only teacher we had any relationship with. And at no point did anyone kind of sit us down and say, hey, you know, Leia's main teacher is gone or is going to be gone or let us know that there's something up. But just after a few days, we showed up and that teacher wasn't there. And we had to really ask, like, where is she? Where did she go? It's like, oh, she's not well. She's going to be gone for a while. Oh, okay. But here's this other teacher. And she was a very sweet, very, very sweet girl. Very, very sweet. Nothing wrong with her at all. But we didn't know her. We didn't have that introduction. We didn't have a relationship at all. It was just, okay, this is her main teacher now. Okay, that was kind of a thing. Whoa. All right. And I guess maybe what was happening is that they were totally scrambling with staff. But instead of saying that, we just had to find everything out on our own, which was for me a huge challenge. So when that teacher that was now Leah's main teacher that we didn't know, all of a sudden the next week she was sick and she was gone, but no one said anything. So I come to school to drop Leah off and... The only people present are strangers to me. Every single, it's three teachers there. I have never met a single one of them. I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they're doing. I don't know how they are with kids. I just, they are three complete strangers. And to me, this part is so hard to digest. I mean, this is like, I felt, I felt so off. I just felt like, okay. And I was trying to kind of justify it as I was talking it through with Dennis. I said, you know what? Probably they are just having a really hard time right now because of COVID and because they've probably had really hard years. I could just imagine that every school going through two years of a pandemic, oh my God, it must be so hard. I cannot even imagine what these teachers who work so hard how it's been for them over these two years. And in Sweden, nothing closed, no school ever closed. So they've just been kind of working through this really intensity and heaviness of taking care of children in the middle of a pandemic with isolation. And I mean, it's really a hard time. So what I told Dennis is, you know what I think? I think we are just the new kid. We came in in the middle of the school year and they just have forgotten that we're new. And that's why no one introduced us to these substitute teachers like, or to these other teachers. So we just fell between the cracks. That's what I think. 
But what happened really immediately is that Leia didn't want to go. And she is, I mean, anyone who ever meets her, the first thing they say is, oh my God, she's so social. Oh my goodness. You know, she's the most extroverted, social, talkative child. She'll talk to anybody about anything in depth at all times. She has no fear. Wherever we go, any restaurant, cafe, wherever we are, she orders her own things. She will take herself to the bathroom. She will just, she will approach any stranger at any time to ask them a question or to ask if they want to play. Like she's so extroverted and she loves school. She loves kids. It's her favorite thing, gathering of other children. It's like her favorite thing ever. We never had an issue with her going anywhere where there's other children. And really early on, all of a sudden she doesn't want to go. And she starts telling me every day she has a stomach ache. My, t- my tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. I can't, I'm sick. I can't go to school today. And so in the beginning, I was like, okay, okay, of course, we'll stay home. We'll stay home. And because I, I don't want to force her to do something that she doesn't want to do. But also, this is the only school that was available to us. I don't want to just give up. And I don't know what's going on. What is it that isn't feeling good? I just knew I didn't have a good feeling. So I could only imagine that she doesn't have a good feeling either but I couldn't define what it was. And then COVID, like the teachers got COVID. So then there was a long time where, you know, no teacher that we knew was there. And then they had a replacement teacher that became a permanent teacher. It was just messy. And I think it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just a messy time. And eventually I had to, you know, I had to ask for a meeting because Leah didn't want to go. So I would meet with them and then all of a sudden they would be really present and, and so positive and, you know, yes, so hard to drop her off in the morning and she's crying and she's so sad and she started needing this like ritual of how we do things the same exact way every morning for us to be able to leave. It was just a pain every day. But then when I was talking to them, it seemed like nothing's wrong. And as soon as we left, she's really happy and everything's okay. But all throughout, I just didn't feel that way. I just... I I wanted to believe that that was the case, but I didn't feel that way. So she would have a good week where she didn't say much. It was never like she was excited to go, but she just wouldn't resist. And then the next week she would just refuse. And we had to have a lot of talks about like, what does it mean to have a tummy ache? You know, that sometimes we have a tummy ache because we ate something weird or we didn't poop all day or, you know, but we can have a tummy ache just because the body has something it's dealing with with the tummy, you know, or we're sick and something around the tummy. But sometimes we feel big feelings or we feel sad or something doesn't feel good and it shows up in our body as tummy ache, you know. And as soon as I started talking to Leah about that, she would just cry and go like, I, I'm just sad. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And she would find more and more things about this school that she didn't like that she would ex- dis- explain that, you know, they, they would do these forest walks, which I always thought were so beautiful and so precious. And she's like, I hate the forest walks. I don't want to go. We walk forever. My legs hurt. I don't like it. Um, they would nap every day. And she was like, I hate to nap. I don't like to nap. I don't like the resting time. I don't like to just lie there. I mean, she would have different reasons all the time. So finally, the, the thing that for me that was kind of the <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was really the non-communication around everything at all times. I feel like anything I wanted to find out or learn about, I had to make a huge effort to get information around. And 
finally, you know, after all of these like kind of like three months of struggling to to see if it's a fit and and yeah, just feeling off, something's off. But I have nothing major to say. I can't say there's something wrong with a teacher. No, they all seem perfectly nice. I can't say there's something wrong with this. This is bad. No, no, I, I haven't still like I have nothing aside from this feeling of that I would like more communication. Like that was that was kind of it. But then she had a birthday coming up, right? So this was early March or end of February, I think even, where I I, I got so excited. I'm okay, we're going to have a birthday party. This is our moment to meet other teachers because all this time I never, I didn't get to meet a single other parent. I didn't get to make any connections. I didn't see anybody. No one was really like, talkative and I we're here we're brand new we want friends we want community I really thought Waldorf that that was like one of the pillars of Waldorf is community and togetherness and I didn't I didn't feel any of that like really at all and I don't know is it me something wrong with me like I, I really don't don't know and then comes her birthday and I'm like this is our moment to shine we're gonna throw a huge birthday party we're gonna invite the whole school or her whole group everybody's going to come, we're going to meet parents, we're going to talk about the school, because I would love to hear some input from other parents, like, am I the only one who feels like I'm kind of in the dark a lot, like the communication just isn't there? Are other kids struggling to go in the mornings? Is it just Leia? Like, what is going on? Is everything fine? Are the teachers, you know, super amazing? And normally the energy is totally different, but everybody's tired from COVID. I just wanted information and answers, but I didn't get any, you know, and the feeling that I kind of have now is like, I, I wonder if there is some burnout there. I, I, I kind of get that feeling of disconnect that, that kind of comes along with burnout, which would make sense, right? And it's nobody's fault. I don't feel any like blame or anything like that. And then we planned this birthday party, a huge party. And we rent the local cinema. There's a really old, 100 plus year old cinema um, in this little town that's close to us. So we rent the cinema completely and we plan a big birthday party and um, two weeks before I when I'm picking her up from school like okay I would just love to have uh, the contacts for other parents so I can so I can send this this birthday invitation out you know and they're like oh no we can't do that uh, we don't share any any contact information and I'm like well what do you mean and this for me not having lived in Sweden for a long time was a huge shock like I did not know that this was a thing so because of this privacy law that exists within Europe, you're not allowed to share information. You're not allowed. They can't like legally give me the email or phone number of another parent. And I was like, okay, so how do you normally do it? Like, I get that that's a thing that that makes sense, you know, but how do you normally do it? Um, Yeah, you know, some some families have gotten to know each other over the years. And I'm like, okay, but that's (laughs) we're new. So how do you get to know each other? We really, I really was thinking this event, this like party would be a way for us to get to know everybody because we don't know anyone. We would love to have play dates. We would love to make friends. We would love to get to know. We would love community, you know. And they were just so negative about this idea. Okay, well, we have to check with the principal and I don't know. And, you know, you could, you I guess you could print out an invite and you could put an invite in each kid in each child's like locker and I was like okay okay yeah okay that's fine I'll I'll do that um but if you could find a way because I felt like that felt a little uncertain like I would just I would love I would love to make some connections and I'm sure I can't be the first parent ever to to ask for this you know that can't be that strange 
So I print these beautiful invites for Leia for her birthday. I put one in each locker and nobody responded. <laughs> Literally. I think three days or like, I don't know, four days before her party, out of the 15 kids in her group, two had written me just with a, or texted saying that they would, that they would come. Two, two children out of the whole, you know, and I was just, I, I was just, I was, I was crying. Like I was full on. I'm like, she's going to have, no one's coming to her birthday party. No one is even like, did they even receive the invites? I have no idea. I have had no communication. I have nowhere, no way to reach out to anybody. I have no way. Should I just like linger in the schoolyard and like grab parents by the shoulder as they pass and go like, here's an invite, you know? And I just felt so, I don't know, I felt so alone, so unseen, so it felt so unsupportive. Like why, could, could they make an effort? Could they make sure that each parent got an invite? Could, could they communicate to the parents? You know, could they be the middle point of communication? Like, can they somehow like try at least to, to create some connection between human beings who are, have their kids in the school? And then I ended up, sending an email I think like we haven't had any response you know it's impossible for me to know if, if any it seems like nobody's coming at all and I feel really you know um, I feel really sad about that I really feel like it's very hard for us to, to make friends here and then one of them wrote back and said okay I guess what I could do is uh, we could put a blog out in the app so there's an app for the school and most schools in Sweden I think use this app where if your child is sick or absent, instead of calling to let them know, you put it in the app. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I get that it's it's a good system and I get that it's efficient and I get that it saves time for teachers and stuff. But for me, not being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, here's what's going on with my kid for 30 seconds so they know, I'm not... I'm not I'm not allowed to do that. Everything is through the app. It's so cold to me, this whole system with the app. I really despise it. There's, which just minimizes the need for any communication between parents and, and the school. And I, I, think it's, I think it's super dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's very efficient, maybe saves a lot of money. But to me, it just takes away any ability to have a heartfelt share. If everything wasn't through the app, I would have had an opportunity to talk to somebody, you know, and say, hey, I'm not feeling good. Leia's not feeling good about the school. Something's not right. Can you can we talk more? And I said, I just had no opportunity for that. So the teacher, they go, OK, we'll put a we'll put a little thing in the app where we'll say that you are looking to connect with people. And I'm like, OK, okay yeah, do that. And then they put like a blog out in the app. It, was, it didn't say, Leia, there's a birthday party. You know, put a comment here with your phone number if you want to receive an invitation. It just said there is a parent in the school looking for for phone numbers. It said something like that, like something so cold, <laughs> so sterile that like if I got that message, I would be like, why would I give you my phone number? You know, so I had to comment on that blog in the fucking app and say, hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. I'm Leia's mom. She's new. We've never met. She, we're, we've rented out the cinema in town and she has a birthday coming this week and we would so love to meet you. Please join us for this wonderful celebration. But the chances of anybody seeing that because they have to open the blog and then they have to go and look at the comments. It was just like, what is going on? And in the end, because we have friends here with kids, you know, she did have a, a sweet birthday. In the end, three 
people from her school joined, three kids, uh, or maybe four. Yeah, it was a very, very, very small portion of of the group. I think three or four out of the 15 came. And their parents were lovely and the kids had such a fun time. And yeah, she ended up having like a proper birthday party. But that whole thing of like, why wouldn't you make it so hard for, for connection to happen, especially in this like time? I had such a hard time understanding that. It was really, really strange to me. And then I think the week following, again, she didn't want to go to school. And she every day, I have a tummy ache, I have a tummy ache. And I was just like, hey, something's not right. So I went online and I put her in line for that Montessori school that we had never seen. And I just, my whole inner being was just like, we have to do something. We ha- I have to explore something else. And then the feeling I had was, what if this is as good as it gets? And I take her out of this school. There's nothing wrong with this school aside from a feeling that I don't feel at home here. And Leia clearly doesn't feel at home here either, or she would be, she wouldn't struggle so much. She wouldn't hate going every day. You know, something's not right. So I did that. And then immediately the school wrote back when we got accepted because they had a space open, like, okay, you can come visit. And we go visit. And I kid you not, like we just go visit the school after hours where there was just some kids like outside Leia runs inside and she runs into the classroom and she just looks around and she turns to me and Dennis, eyes wide open. And she goes, my work, all of my work is here. All of my things are here. And she just lit up because she recognized every workstation. She recognized all the materials. She, it was an environment that she knew, right? And she just lit up and she went straight to the same station with the same thing she was working at when she left her school in Aruba. She just picked up the same activity that she was doing in Aruba four months or three months, four months later in Sweden and just sat there and was just completely, completely present and absorbed in the thing that she was doing. And then she ran outside, made friends right away. And it was just the feeling, we were there for an hour, I think. The feeling was, I could have cried. I just, I literally could have cried. They felt so attentive and present and happy, like really just happy about the kids. It was just a different vibe. And her having the same structure that she recognized, it just it became so clear how important that was for her and the relief she felt just being in a place that that she knew. So we decided, okay, we're going to transition and we're going to move. And I felt kind of bad about that because I didn't want to hurt the feelings of anyone in the old school and so-and-so. And then we changed And she has, she's gone two weeks now in this new school. Every day she's rushing me and Dennis because she doesn't want to be late. She wants to be the first one there at school. So she doesn't miss any time. We've had to extend the time she spends in school. We used to pick her up at 2.30 and she would like wait for us to come. And now we get her at four and she doesn't want to go home. And like we get her as late as we feel is like okay to get her. And still we have to wait 20 minutes because she's not ready to go home. She doesn't want to go home. She cried all weekend because it was the weekend and she was missing school. It's just like she's a different, she's having a completely, completely different experience. Just night and day.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And since she started this new, like the Montessori school, like even the first day when she had her first proper day, this was such a small thing. But I cried about it in the car on the way from school. She, she, she enters the schoolyard and immediately a teacher who I don't know, I have never met. It's not a teacher from her group, just a teacher sees her and she smiles and lights up and she squats down on the floor to get to her level. And she goes, hey, you must be Leia. We are so excited that you're here. And I'm like, okay, this is another teacher from another group. She knows that this is a new kid. She knows her name. She knows to get down on her level. She's happy. She's positive. And I'm like, I didn't see that kind of behavior one single time in the other school. I didn't see that. I just, that that excitement wasn't there. That like face-to-face, like, I don't know. There was something about that, how she was received in that joyful way. Like I could cry talking about it now because I felt so relieved. And I'm like, this cool school, it, they could have shittier materials. They could have bad food. They could have paint peeling off the walls like I would be fine with that because of how she's received here you know and I feel so good that I acted on that internal just that that I that that we actually went through the effort to change because changing was a huge risk what if we changed to another school and that one isn't good either and then I end up just uprooting her and uprooting her and doing that again and again and what if there isn't something wrong, but what's wrong is like Sweden or what's wrong is the language or, and after she's changed, what I, what I think is the thing is the no structure in the day of a Waldorf preschool that they are just kind of in this big wide open space. I think she didn't feel safe in that. Maybe that she doesn't know all the the language perfectly yet, all the kind of social codes between in this culture, it's super different than the culture that she's known before. I have a feeling she just didn't feel grounded in the day. But then, and this is the thing where I, this is like stories from my five-year-old to me, and I'm not even going to try to verify them because at this point it doesn't matter. But she's been telling us these little things all of a sudden now. She didn't say it then. But since we switched, she said she'll sometimes like right at bedtime, start telling me a story of, mom, I didn't tell you, but they were so angry with me at school. And then I thought she's talking about school today. So I was like, oh no, what happened? They were so angry with me. They were so, they were using harsh voices. They were so angry with me. I was talking to, and then she'd mention the name of a friend. 
in the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's a friend from the old school. And this in Montessori school, they don't rest. So she's talking about the old school. Yeah, when we were resting and we were supposed to sleep and we were laughing about something and they were so angry with us and they were using really harsh voices and then we were not allowed to play anymore. And after that, we were not allowed to play with the group. So I was like, what? Like, if this is true, at least this is how she perceived it, is that they were at in resting time and then she was giggling or laughing with a friend or with another girl there and they were punished for that and they weren't allowed to play. Like, is that real? And then the other day, she was having a hard time sitting still at dinner. <laughs> and and we were like, hey, you know, sit down, sit still and sit down. And and what do you, what, how about at school? At school, you sit down in the big table with everybody. And then she said, yeah, in the old school, they would put me in the tie-up chair. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, in the chair with the belt. And I was like, what do you mean the chair with the belt? It was just a chair and it had a belt underneath and then they would clip me in it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, they would tie you to a chair so you would sit still? That's 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 the, the Steiner f philosophy of freedom. They tie you to the chair if you can't sit still. Now, again, I have not verified this and I don't want to like slander anybody, but if I, I really hope this isn't true. But just the little things that are coming out of her now, it's like little stories of her feeling punished for not behaving the way they wanted her to behave or her feeling punished for speaking when they thought it should be quiet or just this energy that that for her is totally foreign. And I can see if if there were all these little moments like that happening all throughout the day, of course she's not feeling safe. Of course, she's not feeling held. Of course, she's not like joyfully waking up every day, running to school, you know, because that we don't punish our kid. Like we don't use punishment as a form of discipline or as a form of growth or learning like at all. She's she doesn't know what that is. There's no such thing. She's never been punished in her entire life. She's she has there's no need to punish this child. You know, if she's doing something that that she's not supposed to do or she's doing something that is harmful or, or quote unquote bad, you know, all we need to do is to talk to her about that and explain what that is. She's super smart. And um, the way all children are, the way all children want to understand why we have rules about things or why we have boundaries about things, there is a way to impart that without punishment. I mean, <laughs> so it's just, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot over the past few months and she's only been in this new school for two weeks so I don't want to you know Dennis always says says like we shouldn't canta gloria we shouldn't like sing and celebrate before we know if it's real and it's true but my whole being is just telling me how good it is that she's in this place and by the way they also use the same app but in this app they have unlocked all of these features where you can share what's going on if your child is sick, you don't just get to say they're sick. You get to write about what's happening. You can call anytime. And the first week that she was at school, guess what came into my mailbox? An invitation for a birthday party in my inbox. So you can use the app to send emails out to all parents. And they could have just sent all parents Leia's invite. Like they do that. That's what they do at school. If there's any any birthday party for any kid, they send that invite to each parent. So every parent receives it in their email. And I'm like, if this is possible, why weren't they doing that? Why wouldn't they help us with that? Like, oh. and you know, after the first week, we got a link 
I got a link in my email with with a photo album with photos from Leia's first week and all the different things she's been doing. And it just it just feels I feel all of a sudden so supported and included, really included. We're going to this birthday party this weekend. It's the first time meeting any parent or, or anything. And I just feel, I don't feel out of place. I don't feel nervous. I don't feel like maybe we don't fit in. I just feel more like we landed in a place that aligns with the energy of what we were used to, you know. And I just think about what if I didn't, what if I didn't make that change? What if I, we just stuck it out? I, I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I am feeling a lot of, uh, I'm feeling a lot in my heart right now about having finally settled in the space that's right for her. In a way, this is the final piece of the puzzle because all these months with her school not being good or things not feeling right about that school, I have had this internal feeling of something's not right, you know. It's like we moved, we have unpacked, we have settled in our home. All of these things look like we are settled, but we haven't been settled because Leia hasn't been good. And it's not like she's been suffering every day or something awful has been happening, but it's been so obvious that she has not been happy in the school. And I think part of that is also this feeling inside of, yeah, of, of stress that I have experienced is just knowing that she's not settled in this great place. And I feel like I have to like knock on wood <laughs> to, 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 to hope and wish that we just continue having great, great experiences with this new school. But I feel, oh my goodness, Montessori forever, forever. We are never switching out of Montessori ever again. And her teacher in Aruba was like, oh, she's going to go to a Waldorf. Why? And I'm like, well, Waldorf sounds, it sounds so great. And they didn't let us visit at that place and we couldn't put her in a place we hadn't seen, which of course, like, I mean, that makes sense that we didn't do that. But I remember her teacher being like, mm, you should, you know, not because there's something wrong with another form of learning, but because once you are integrated in the Montessori structure, it's so easy, I think, to transition because everything is in place. Right. So that transition, I think, would have been so smooth for her in the first week because she's doing the same work, working with the same materials. The structure of the day is the same. And there's so much comfort in that, you know, whatever, whatever change we are moving through, whatever change your child has to move through is whatever form of routine and normalcy we can keep throughout that change is going to make the change more easy to bear. It's going to make the transition easier. It's going to make everything happen with more ease. And yeah, I, I, I regret not sticking with the structure that she already knew from day one. And I hate to say it, because you know, we hate to say it. But my husband was right. <laughs> don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. I said, don't tell him I said that. I genuinely believe he collects in his notes app like records of the times in our marriage where I've said that he was right. <laughs> I, he he keeps note, he takes note of, of, of the times that that happens because it happens kind of rare, <laughs> rarely. And I don't like to admit it, but no, he was totally right. He was so right. We should have just kept her in the Montessori. But also, and I was also wondering the, what is the out, like what was the learning outcome here? And for me, a big piece of that has really been to, 
to trust in my instinct when something feels off, when something doesn't feel right, and that I don't need to have a big sweeping reason or something major to point at and say, this thing is bad. It's enough that the feeling was bad. It's enough that her feeling was bad. You know, she's really intelligent in her emotional expression too. I really think our kids, they don't, they don't lie. They don't make things up for no reason. There is a huge intelligence in, in their being and their intuition is super strong as well. So we need to trust them. You know, we really, we really do need to trust them. And my little lady, my leading lady, I'm so happy. She's so happy now. And she has a new friend, her, our neighbor is really close friends with her now. So they are jumping in the trampoline every day and out playing outside all day after school. And I finally really this week feel like everything is okay now. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing to say on a podcast. So often I'm here saying everything is hard because oftentimes things feel hard. But in this moment, sun is shining outside everything is okay. I hope in your life, everything feels okay too. I really do. And just a little reminder, if you're moving through that big transition, this goes for your children and our children as much as it goes for us, that whatever transition we are moving through, as much of the routine and ritual and structure and a feeling of safety that we can keep for ourselves, the better. And what that means for us as adults is when we are going through a life change, we have to anchor non-negotiably into the self-care practices that's, that support us and that are helpful. We can't take them for granted. We can't, you know, just like not do the things that we actually need to do this week. The things that, you know, serve you when you are moving through a life change, you have to anchor into them so strongly and really stand tall and strong in the things that support you, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, and really not let that go. Because those are the things that will see us through whatever life change we are in right now. And I think all of us, we kind of feel like we are in a life change at all times because the world is changing all around us really quickly. So maybe defining for yourself, what is the structure in your day that you can hold on to no matter what life throws your way? What are the routines, the rituals, the practices that you can hold on to that keep you anchored and grounded? That even when everything else is changing, you have those things as a constant and if things are good right now and stable right now and feel really solid right now, now is the time to solidify those practices as everyday non-negotiable things that you do. Because if they're set in stone now, when that life change comes, because we always know there's going to be another life change around the corner, you're going to be so solid in what your routine of practices look like. It's going to be easier to hold on to them. So do the things that fill you up, trust your intuition, trust your children in their intuition, and keep taking really, really good care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this little storytelling about school. I would love to hear your experiences too. 
And I would love to continue hearing positive experiences about all forms of school, Waldorf, Montessori, traditional nature school, there's forest school, there's so many ways. I am so invested in learning and continuing to learn because this parenting thing really is a lifelong journey that we're on. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy this show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your podcasts. Of course, thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this show. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.